Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back, I'm Brian. And I'm Inessa. And this is the X-Men Files, podcast where we talk about the X-Men, and today we're talking about the X-Men, uh, <laughs> by reading an X-Men <laughs> issue... What, uh, what, what, which episode, which issue are we reading today? We are reading X Men issue number 215. The Uncanny. The Uncanny X Men 215, which is called, I can't remember. Uh, doesn't matter. It matters to me. It's called something or other. Uh, so our our speed recap Madeline Pryor uh, was a pilot. She flew an airplane and it crashed. She survived. There were flames. But actually, she's in an ambulance being driven by a couple of the Marauders in San Francisco. They shoot her, boom. The tittle, title, the tittle, the tittle, the tittle, <laughs> the, 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 the titillating title. Tittle title. Um, oh, hey, uh, which reminds me of one of my favorite favorite jokes. How do you titillate an ocelot? <laughs> you oscillate its titillot. That you always, never ever gets old. I know it doesn't get old for you. Uh, it, it doesn't get old for anyone. Doesn't it? <laughs> Who does it get old for? <laughs> You oscillate its titillot. The funniest thing That's is hilarious. that whenever you tell that joke, you yes. tell it in like a slight British accent. I don't, I don't know why. I don't think that I do. <laughs> I don't think that I do. The title of this uh, issue is Old Soldiers. Yes. Uh, now we're in Xavier's Mansion. They're loading up the Blackbird with Rogue, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Kitty, who are being flown to Muir Isle, where they can get help from Moira McTaggart. Uh to help their injuries, Psylocke and Storm are chatting. Also, Dazzler and this new person named Longshot are yes. there, and they have suddenly kind of coordinating costumes. Yeah, the costumes are a little a little weird. Uh, we can read X-Men Annual number, number what's it, to get the background, the lowdown on Longshot. Yeah. If we if we search you. My notes said who the flipping fuck is long shot. Okay. Uh, until I read the Powell thing and realized that if we had been reading the X-Men annuals, uh, we would have known who he was. Yes. Uh, so they fly to Scotland, Storm and Wolverine chat. Wolverine is a little bit beside himself because he attacked her and he can't trust his own senses anymore. Yeah, that whole thing being kind of dumb because of the... Am I going to be recapping or commenting? Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, we can comment if you want. No, I, I you're just... recapping. Okay, cool, cool. I, I, I don't want to cut you off. I just want to make sure that I know what we're doing. Yep. So we're recapping. And uh, San Francisco, Madeline Pryor wakes up. And that's that. Wolverine is chain smoking in the car. A road trip with yeah. a Storm. It, it's cold because they got coats on, but they got the windows down for Wolverine's cigar cigarette smoke to float out of the car. There is a burned house, and that was Sarah Gray, sister to Jean Gray. They think that the Marauders fucked her up. Storm wonders whether she ought to tell Forge, hey, the uh, uh, marauders are out to kill all of the mutants. Wolverine smells something. He smells Cyclops, and he smells a female who he realizes is Jean Grey. Yes. And on the airplane, Kitty phases out of her little cubicle. She looks at Longshot... And she sexually assaults him because he's he's so pretty. 
<laughs> Storm okay. was attacked. Oh, because um, Wolverine smacked her. Yeah, he, he yeah. cold cocks her as a sort of uh, surprised. Right. Cold cocks her. Aurora wakes up in a cell, manacled to a wall. Little do they know that if you want to manacle Aurora, you're going to do a much better job of that. She can pick locks. She sees another young 80s cliche punk rocker also chained up. And she says, I'll get to her later. Uh, meanwhile, there is this really awesome looking kind of mountain house. It's a Nazi, Nazi hunting. What I mean, I well, it? not Nazi I, hunting. I, I, I don't like the way that it's decorated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the, the, I, I don't like the animal trophies on the wall either. Uh, I particularly don't like, I mean, I, I think I'm pretty much on record as saying I don't like Nazis. Yeah. I don't want to ruffle any feathers here. If you're a pro-Nazi and you're listening to this podcast, maybe you know shut it off right now because we take a very strong stance. We don't like Nazis. We don't like Nazis. Okay. People come back to the hunting lodge. Uh, Storm has a bit of fisticuffs with them. She is ultimately undone by the speedy guy. Yeah. Who is so speedy that he needs to protect his eyes with goggles and his ears, I suppose, with like the like aviator, aviator <laughs> helmet. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's so fast that he can punch a sonic boom to vomp her off of the landing. And she and then he flicks her in the face and knocks her out again. Later, <laughs> they discover that they've already most dangerous gamed punk rocker's boyfriend. <laughs> and now they're going to do the same to Aurora and young punk rock girl. Because of Reagan or Urban Decay uh, or some just, shit, you know they're still they're still fighting the war. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. some weird. They're kind still of fighting the war against Nazis and then also communism. Yeah, yeah we're, we're a little bit there's, in the dark still, there. Yeah. So Storm and Punk Rock Girl head out into the woods. And Punk Rock Girl was a drug dealer. To be, I mean, oh, fine, that's, fine, fine. yeah, She's it was a relevant. You know, time. they see her as like a Correct. bad guy, and they think that Storm was at the at the yeah. site of the place stealing stuff. And she says, "No, I wasn't." And they were like, right. you know, we don't really care." Okay, so Stonewall, Super Saber, and a Crimson Commando head off in pursuit. Yes. So that is a, a very very rough recap of the issue. Uh Thoughts, reaction. You've got some notes, and um, again, I didn't mean to step on your. No, notes. no, I you're fine. I, I don't have any sort of air to breathe. Organized notes, but I was just taking notes as I was reading. So you you, you mentioned something about Longshot, and had we been keeping up with the annuals, we would know who Longshot is. You're we would correct. know who he is, and like, what's his superpower? Do we know? I don't know. Um, I need to read more of Longshot. I I read like the first issue or two. Of the Anne Nascenti written miniseries that introduces Longshot, I want to say that his superpower is gambling. That extremely unlikely things happen. Okay, mm -hmm. that's close. Okay, it, it was, <laughs> yeah, it's very close. Um, he is from the Mojo Verse. He's the most actuarially interesting uh, <laughs> superhero. You know, there was a supervillain called the Actuary who appeared in <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Uh, the pages of uh, either either Batman or Detective Comics. Oh, that's funny. Uh, is it? <laughs> it's. I mean, a little. It's one of those where like nobody emerges with their dignity intact. <laughs> really, like because for for, for the actuary, like like the villain. Yeah, okay. Like, uh, oh, I'm an actuary, and like I, I can never get laid. Therefore, I've turned to a life. Of crime. <laughs> but me, I was like, really, that's the supervillain you came up with. I mean, all of us feel. Uh, 
kind of dirty from from that. Dirty, not not in a good way. Uh, Longshot is from the Mojoverse. Yes. Which is an alternate dimension. We've seen a little bit of the Mojoverse. The Mojoverse? Yes. A universe run by someone named Mojo. Oh, no. I don't. I don't. Where have we seen that? Maybe maybe it's in some stuff that I have read. Um, Spiral, I think, is from the Mojoverse. Uh, Spiral, who has... Uh, she, she she had that weird uh, disco psychedelic thing that Rachel walked into. Yeah. She also... Um, She's not one of the Marauders. I want to say no. She's not the one with, like, the... the... That's Vertigo. Vertigo. With the stars. The That is Riptide. <laughs> Give me another one. Make something up, because I will... These I'm not making up, but I can, the I can one, totally... The one with the oil slick, so people fall fall down? That's, that's oil that's slick. That's palm olive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a point to make, and I lost it. The Mojoverse. In, in uh, the Mojoverse. Oh, I, a, a very short aside. When uh, Austin Powers came out, it was either the first one or the second one. I want to say it was the second one. Yes, it was. Austin Powers and The Spy Who Shagged Me. Mm-hmm. First Austin Powers, by the way, was awesome. But they... PG-13, by the way. We should watch that on Friday. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. But the I haven't seen the third one. The second one, holy mackerel! They really just—I mean, it was like the airplane two approach to making a sequel. <laughs> We're just going to repeat it. I mean, I, I'm describing what people don't like about sequels. Yeah. But Austin Powers, the second one, just really, really did that um, up the wazoo. But also the the plot of Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me, and it doesn't matter what the fucking plot is. They steal his mojo. <laughs> At the time, there were people behaving as though, perhaps sincerely, but as though this is the first time that that word had ever been uttered. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, Mojo, he lost his Mojo. And I can remember he had an, for whatever reason, I was watching the Today Show. Somehow my, my work schedule and um, apparently misuse of free time meant that I was watching the Today Show. <laughs> Matt Lauer, notorious uh, yeah. sex criminal Matt Lauer. <laughs> Was interviewing uh, Mike Myers and said, "What is Mojo? What does this word mean?" I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that word has been around for, uh, about as long as my grandparents have been alive." Yeah, and the first the first context that I ever heard that word in was like the, you know in, in the context of the Doors, but I'm sure it was oh Mr. Mojo Rising. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and and Jim Morrison got it because of course, like all good, not all good, much of good American popular culture. It was stolen royalty-free from black people. <laughs> uh, Muddy yeah. Waters, his classic song, got my mojo working. But I, 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 I am pretty sure Muddy didn't coin the word. I mean, I'm sure that it was a slang term that predates Muddy Waters. I don't, I'm not saying that because he's not good at turning a phrase or anything like that. Right. Very good creative guy. But yeah, I mean, it was just a matter of fact. That, I don't, and and I, I'm, I'm certain that I've heard that in other blues songs that would have predated, got my mojo working. All right. But also, post-Jim Morrison, <laughs> pre-Austin Powers. Yes. Yeah. But also, post-Hunter Thompson. Uh, Hunter Thompson, it, it, that was the slang term that he used to uh, to refer to a fax machine. 
Oh. <laughs> Read your Hunter Thompson, like late 60s, early 70s. Uh, there was this newfangled device that Rolling Stone could use so that their writers could file copy from anywhere on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, Hunter Thompson called it the Mojo Wire or just the Mojo. Oh, I, but it was a fax I didn't know machine. that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 we, do you remember the scene in Almost Famous where uh, Ben Fong Torres is talking about it? Yeah. Like, okay, we've got a device. It's called the Mojo. I, don't, send, I mean, I remember it, the scene, it, it but takes, I don't remember the like, specific word. It takes word. only yeah, yeah. two minutes to send a, an entire <laughs> page or something like this. Anyway, That's Mojo. It's crazy to think about because then someone would have to retype it, of course. Uh, yeah. 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 That's, you know, that's the least of their problems. I mean, I know, but still interesting. They didn't have email uh, back then, so they had plenty of time (laughs) for that sort of pointless busy work. Nobody was, oh, I wish I could do that kind of work. Nobody was sitting staring at their phones. I wish that was my job, just taking things off of a fax machine and Uh, retyping them. them. (laughs) And then if you make a mistake, like white out. Whiting it out. Or you got to start over again. (laughs) I mean, I'd probably get fired if I made a bunch of mistakes and had to keep starting over. But yeah, white out. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the woman who invented whiteout? And this is not a, a, a patriarchal thing to say. The woman who invented whiteout was a secretary. Mm-hmm. She was the mother of one of the monkeys. Huh. I, I think I knew remember, that. I can't remember which monkey. She got totally rich off that shit. <laughs> yeah. And good for her. And good for her. Yeah. Yeah. The Mojoverse. <laughs> the Mojoverse is where Longshot is from. Is where Longshot is from. That answers my question about who the flipping fuck is Longshot. And uh, his his superpower is uh, beating the actuarial odds. Just say the odds. Why do you gotta, why do you gotta <laughs> drag actuaries, <laughs> yeah, actuaries into, into this? Statisticians. Uh, beating uh, the odds. Whatever. Whatever. Gamblers. I think that's his superpower. I'm not entirely sure. Longshot sticks around for a little while, and I can remember that annual. It was another instance, because on the cover it says, Introducing the Newest X-Man, Longshot. And I saw that. I didn't buy it. Uh, and I saw that, like, God damn, another fucking X-Man. Because we've introduced Psylocke, we've got Dazzler, we've got Longshots. Um, I don't think I'm missing anybody. Like, three new characters, and we're kind of re- we're retiring a few others. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I, yeah. I, I don't know who, like, there's no stability whatsoever in this thing. Um, but, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interpreting from this that you're not wild about seeing yet another Yeah, I mean, I just, I, you know, I guess for everyone that starts reading something at a certain point, the people that are there at that time are the, the people that the seem ones, yeah. like the best people, you know? Yeah. So, like, I, you know, I like the old X-Men team. Sure. You know, I'm curious about these people. Yeah. Yeah, where it's going to go. But, you know, I'm suspicious because yeah. I like Kitty and, and, and Peter and, you know, yeah. And if you're reading the X-Men in, like, like issue 138, 139, 140, when we started this podcast... 138 Cyclops leaves, mm-hmm. one issue after Jean Grey dies. Right. So we get two old X-Men gone. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was the same 138 point. Kitty yeah. also comes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And 139, I think Angel comes back, and then he's gone a few issues later. Yeah. Well, he in, yeah. in the Powell book, he kind of makes that point that this is yeah. something that Chris Claremont, you know, he's He does of, it a bunch. Yeah, he did it. You know, it yeah. was a thing. You know, he had a new cast, and now he wants a, a new new cast. Right, yeah. right. Which, which fair. I mean, I, I, I can't. I clear that speed bump of when I was a kid and reading it. I had that. I felt exactly what you do, which is no, you're fucking with my team. Yeah. (laughs) You're fucking with, with with the legitimate real canonical X-Men. Yeah. (laughs) Which of course they weren't. Yeah. The one where beast is not on the team and Kitty pride is. Right. (laughs) And so is rogue. Yeah. 
Yeah, so what else did I write down? I like that uh, at the beginning when, when you know, Jean Grey is like imaginarily flying the plane or flying it in her Madeline memory. Pryor. I'm sorry, uh, Madeline Pryor. Uh, uh, fair mistake. And uh, she says, you know, she's like loses control of the plane. And then she says, I'm flying a brick with pretensions. I thought that, yeah, was, that was cool. I thought that was, that was really a cool good. line. I wrote that down. That, that first, those first couple pages were really great. Yeah. Uh, Claremont does know how to fly and his mother was a pilot. Right. So he's really into aviation and I'm looking at it and like, blah, 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 wing to tip and blah, blah. And fucking hell. He really, he really loves planes. <laughs> like, actually, that's cool. Yeah. He, he loves planes. Yeah. I'm actually and, reading a book about a, like a, it's called the anomaly about a plane. Like there's a, some sort of weird incident of a, a board, like there's a plane and it's flying and there's this terrible weather. It comes out of this terrible weather and, uh, mm. it, it calls air traffic control, uh, for help because it's, it's things are mis- malfunctioning and, yeah. uh, like something weird has happened and now the military is involved. Uh, I'm not sure what, where it's going, but, uh, planes all around for me today. The TV show manifest that, uh, we watched the pilot episode of, uh, the boy and I and your oh, dad, okay. um, a plane gets into some weird weather and crazy stuff and Loki spoiler they emerge from it 13 years in the future. It's possible that this is going to be a similar. Could be. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. I'll let you know next week because I hope I'm doing it on audiobook, which takes me forever. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll, yeah, that'll audiobook be Audiobook takes me a long time. So. Um, what else do we think about this issue? All right. So what else did I write down? I like the Madeline Pryor intro. I said that. Um, so, like, I had written down that, and I, this is something that I actually noticed. I thought that, like, the the inky, the inking, mm-hmm. uh, there was, like, heavy, heavy yeah. ink lines. And then I had written down that it sort of feels old-fashioned. Like, it, it right. felt sort of like an old-fashioned um, something from before. Like, mm-hmm. it had a sort of, and then when they introduced those kind of uh, still living in, world war ii characters then it kind of made me wonder if that was intentional that it was like intentionally drawn in sort of an oldie worldy a little bit style yeah not as modern as some of like just it looked different so uh i i thought the art was fantastic yeah i didn't say it was bad i decided that i noticed that the inclines were heavy i didn't say yeah. you said it was bad okay uh, i, I didn't say you said i said it was bad <laughs> brian is closing his eyes and you, sighing now you suggested that <laughs> uh was not, you're right okay not criticizing you i know um, I, I love the art in this issue. Uh, Dan Green was the inker, and Alan Davis is uh, doing the pencils. The very few first few pages, I thought, looked. Uh, there's one page in particular that looked very, very John Byrne-ish, and I'm, I'm I meant to look this up earlier uh to to get my story straight about what dan green has inked on the x-men but he's inked a bunch actually so he is an old hand um alan davis uh good good work uh i i find the art in here really really fantastic i i'm i I think it's an interesting theory that they're meant to making it look they're meant to they're trying to make it look kind of retro yeah i'm not sure that that actually is what's going on uh maybe yeah maybe but uh, certainly the costumes and the names are are, are, are totally retro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. I like the Aurora Wolverine road trip. 
had yeah. written down Aurora Wolverine Road Trip in all caps. Yeah. Uh, yeah but by the way, instead of he's chain smoking, they show in a panel, they drew this. Yeah. Him lighting a cigarette from, from the, another cigarette. the end of the other. <laughs> Holy shit. I do remember people used to do that. That's yeah. fucking smoking. Yeah. We were just yeah. talking today about uh, how the only place we ever see people smoking anymore was uh, their car. cars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. So then I wrote down again, why is trust, why is their trust so damaged by the whole malice incident when it was clear and obvious to see who was possessed by malice because of that stupid amulet? Like that's the sort of like, not, it's not a continuity error. It's like an intentional, yeah, it's like an intentional ignoring of a thing that you yourself, like they didn't have to give the amulet. So why did they, you know what I mean? Like. Do you want me to keep talking or stop talking? Keep talking. Keep talking. Yeah. You know, he didn't have to draw that as a feature of being possessed by her. But then once he did, yeah, yeah. why then ignore it to move why the plot the into a different direction? can see something that the characters can't. Yeah. Yeah. So that's annoying. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. Kitty Longshot love story. I was wondering if that well, was something. Well, not a love story. Yeah, if something and, and like I, I was, yeah. I was being kind of tongue in cheek. And as the words are leaving my mouth, they're like... I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna sound like a like a like a dick or something like this. Um, sexual sexual assault is not it, it's sexual misconduct. Yeah, I mean, you, right? You shouldn't kiss people yeah. that you don't know when they're sleeping. I think that goes. He can't no, no matter who. I mean, not even aside from consent, it's just gross. Don't do that. Well, yeah. I mean, consent yeah. is the issue. There. Um. Uh, I don't know about love story. Part of the thing about Longshot, I, I think, he is he is meant to be some ridiculously handsome person. Maybe that's his superpower. I don't know. Making don't know. people fall in love with him. I think it's kind of a twofer. And he, <laughs> uh, so, uh, it, it, again, I got to go back and read this shit to get a handle on this character. He's, he's not of this universe. A little bit like Warlock, who we saw in a couple of issues, yeah. and now he's in the New Mutants. But not of this... Warlock is of this universe, but not of this world. Um Longshot is not of this universe, <laughs> and so there is a weird naivete about him that I think makes him more super, irresistible, super to, the irresistible or, to the ladies. Irresistible to the ladies, yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah, I was wondering whether Storm is going to get her powers back, uh, and then <laughs> so then <laughs> here's a word that I've only recently started hearing from my children. Yeah, but. Uh, was used in this was the word simp, which I had not. Oh, sure. Yes, yeah. So. It's like, that was not a word that was in my, when do our children use word? Sorry. The boy uses it from mm-hmm. time to time. Yeah. They both have used it. And like, just recently, it seems like it's entered the sort of, uh, um, middle school, uh, lexicon. I think that there, it doesn't mean necessarily sympathizer, but like simper. It means like simpering. Simpleton. No, I think the way that the kids, well, the way that, the way that, the word is 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 used as I understand the term is someone who's not very bright. Oh, see here it's it's spelled S Y M P. So it's like it's a, he says Kami Simp Bleeding Heart Fellow Traveler. Oh, that, so okay. that, oh they yeah. spell it S Y M P. Yeah, oh, that's weird. Okay, so sympathizer, but I think yeah. the way that the kids use it is more. It's like sort of sympathizer, but it's also sort of like simpering, like someone who's sort yeah. of uh, hmm. yeah. I don't know, but that I thought that was interesting. Uh, Vigilantes, da da da, and then I ask why why Storm takes off her sweater. That was that was strange. <laughs> it's like they had a whole panel with her taking off her sweater. Well, and then why she says she like, "Hey, sweater, I wish I hadn't, I hadn't taken off my, off my sweater. sweater." 
Yeah, that, that, I, I I was a little confused by that as well. Like like leave your leave your sweater leave your sweater on. on. Right. It's got the vest over the sweater. Uh, not where'd a bad look. She, yeah, where'd she get that sweater? It was weird. The page uh, page ten. I got confused. Show me. I don't have it open on mine. It's where Madeline is in the hospital. Ba-ba-bum. Doctor. Uh, so there's a, a woman and a man. And so the man says to the woman, you say something, Diane? And then she says, Julie, it's your Jane Doe. And I'm like, maybe that's meant to be a woman. Uh, but like, no, it's like, he's got like the Friar Tuck bald patch. <laughs> um, Male pattern baldness. Um, let's, can I see yeah, it? And then it says, wait, hang on. So then he says, um, so I think, I think he is meant to be a man named Julie. Maybe it's Dr. And then, Julie. And then, no, no, because I thought that as well. <laughs> okay. He says, I'm Dr. Schwartz. This is Dr. Dwayne. So the other woman is named Diane Dwayne. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm so confused by this. The naming that I, I read that like three times because of, am I missing something? There's only two people there and Madeline is unconscious. This is so not important, except for the fact that I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't move past that. Oh, I don't know. Julie, it's your Jane Doe. Did you say something, Diane? So, Julie, yeah. So the names of the doctors, if I'm piecing this all together properly, there is a woman doctor named Dr. Diane Duane, and there's a male doctor named Julie Schwartz. Maybe it's Julius Schwartz, and that's like a short... Could be. Hold on. Hold on. I know that it's interesting for our zero listeners to listen to me re-read this. That's my... I, I, I'm going to cut you off there. That's my best guess. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, Julius, that's a good theory. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Julius, weird. Or just, you know, like continuity error was like not, you know... Yeah, that was my thought. Guess. Bubble was going to the wrong person, and then whatever, yeah, exactly. The yeah, word, yeah. Word bubble. I mean, with respect to Tom Warzakowski, uh, who's a fantastic letterer, maybe he just like transcribed something wrong. Yeah, like Dwayne becomes Diane or, or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. shit like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And then at the end, I wrote down uh, forgiveness, redemption, etc., which is a you know, like at the end where Storm was saying, um, you know, that 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 you know, I was a thief. Back and yeah. you know and and can I you know like, can I, can I atone for the you know is how do you atone for things whatever that's like a common X Men uh, theme yeah yeah period yeah yeah good stuff um I I, I like this issue <laughs> strangely I, I I like that there's a lot of talking mm-hmm. uh great cliffhanger the the villains I I can't wait to read the second issue so that I can conclude something about what Claremont is trying to say about the, the villains, the yeah. villains. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was joking about the Reagan era, but it is important to note that that is the time in which this is right. happening. Right. I, th- I think we're 86, maybe yeah, 87, something like, I, yeah. I, I, something like that. This issue. So Reagan is in a second term. Um, one of the, uh, certainly the most consequential, Kind of greatest generation uh, presidents, right? Uh, I think um, you know of that of that era. And it's weird. in the eighties, and I think you've said this before. It's like they were as far from World War Two as we are now from that time. That time, yeah, That's basically fucking crazy. Yeah, 
Uh, it's fucking bananas. Um, yeah. th- that sense of time and how the past was not that long ago it was really hammered home to me. The f- first episode of Ken Burns' documentary about the Civil War mm-hmm. shows some footage from like the 30s, right before World War II, and there's a parade with veterans of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's impossible because the Civil War happened 300 years before World right. War II. Right. <laughs> Humans don't live that long. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean the like the eighties doesn't feel very long ago to me at all, and yeah. so to think you know that adults that were alive that were grown ups in the eighties that the the end of the Second World War did not feel felt that as immediate to them oh, yeah. as the eighties yeah. does to me right now. That's crazy. Yeah, well, I I could talk to my grandparents. I mean, you know, of the four of them, they all lived through it. One of yeah. them actually fought it. Like, like, hey, World War Two, what was that all about? And uh, my grandfather goes, oh yeah, I fought in that thing. Yeah, <laughs> I. You know, I had to leave the country for a little while yeah. <laughs> to go fly a plane. Claremont would appreciate that. Yeah. Fly a plane and drop bombs on uh, on Germany and uh, other places. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's weird. And yeah, then, it and then bananas. Once everyone that was alive at a certain time yeah. then is gone, suddenly it feels like ancient history. But yeah. it, in the very doesn't make sense but in the very recent history it felt like recent history and then it's sort of over the course of yeah. you know a short period of time then starts to feel like ancient history yeah probably yeah. yeah um so when they asked me anything like hey the 80s were you around for that oh i sure was i never went to war nope. i never did anything whatsoever nope uh there's this tv show called the cosby show and uh Later on, the uh, patriarch of that show turned out to be a serial rapist. That's. I mean, some other things happened. But some yeah, other things yeah. happened. Yeah, there was a Rubik's cube. Yeah. And uh, Stranger Things. Hey, that was that's fun, right? <laughs> um, slight shift. Maybe not a slight shift. Just a, an aside. I got this. Uh, checked out this book from the library uh, <laughs> about Dungeons and Dragons. Just, and sorry. Let me just get this no, out, no, please. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, and. They show an ad from probably from a comic book from a Marvel comic mm-hmm. from the early 1980s for Dungeons and Dragons. And what they say in the caption is Stranger Things would have you believe that everyone was playing Dungeons and Dragons and there's nothing. No, it was 100% niche. And... Oh, yeah. I didn't know anyone as a kid that played D&D. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and this was not a fast track to making friends. Yeah, no. Either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I just no. need to get that in there. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Stranger Things, by the way, I think nails it. A lot of it. It, it definitely feels true to my experience. And and the thing is, um, those because they're not popular. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. not popular either, but I was unpopular yeah. in a different way a different from the way, way that yeah, those kids were yeah, unpopular. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know any kids intimately or even of any kids that I can really... I mean, I had heard of Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. but when did I hear of it? I don't know. Maybe yeah. not till I was older. And nobody read comics either. I, mean, I, you know, I, 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 I had very few people to discuss comics with. The first people that I actively knew that read comics, I knew like in high school. That's they were like people yeah. that I worked with at the yeah. movie theater, these two guys. They were really, really, really into comics. They were right. actually kind of adorable. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. You you were laughing a minute ago when I said that I, I was got la- a book from the library. No, no, I was actually laughing because I was thinking about like ways that we would describe uh, living now versus you know having lived. You know, it's like I carry I carry a little device around in my pocket that has more computing power than you know NASA yeah, yeah. used to put a man on the moon, and I use it to like uh, you know check movie times or sure, like a, sure, sure. you know yeah, buy yeah. shoes, <laughs> things like that. Well, it, yeah, that, yeah. 
that's one that gets a lot of play, it, yeah. understandably so. Uh, there's also that, that that fantastic quote from Bill Gates from like 83 or 84 or something like that. He says, I can't imagine any circumstance where somebody is going to need more than 10 megabytes of hard drive storage. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Can't take a picture uh, of my thumb uh, without it being uh, you know, 20 megabytes. Yeah. This is what we're doing with our uh, storage space. High fidelity pictures yeah. of uh, yeah, yeah. people's uh, cats, dick cat. pics oh, that God. we can send via Snapchat. That's what we're doing. Uh, we're we're doing a ton of other cool shit with technology. We are doing cool shit with technology. Uh, not going to the moon necessarily, but we are doing some really really cool shit. I like technology. It's yeah. nice. There it's was a headline well. today about some sort of uh, thinking uh, fake pancreas that you can that they're that they're working on to uh, for for diabetics. For diabetics. No, cool. Which is cool. Um, technology also enabled us to very quickly develop a vaccine to a pandemic. It did. And allows us to record this podcast. Yeah. In our closet. Uh, yeah. What? All right. So other other pop culture things. The Matrix. We, we saw the, the Matrix. Matrix on Friday. Yeah, yeah. baby. Um, tell me uh, about your experience with the Matrix. So... I saw The Matrix once. When did it come out? 99. 99. I would Which have seen it. Which was a really it. fantastic year for movies. Would I have seen The Matrix in the theater? I don't think that I did. Hmm. I think that I would have seen it sometime later. Okay. Um, I saw it in a theater. On VHS. What was I doing in 1999? Hold on. Yeah, where we, I was in Florida in 99. I was... I guess in Chicago. I don't know. I don't remember seeing it in the theater. Okay. You, you um, may not have. Yeah. So, I mean, I would have seen it some point later, like with a group renting yeah. things. I remember the generally what it was about, but I actually remember mm -hmm. very, like it felt like watching it anew to me. Okay. You know, I mean, I remember the thing with the bullets and- Bullet time. Yeah. 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 The general idea of it, but like the fact that they were on some sort of like spaceship for, had forgotten all that. <laughs> you know, the tons of things that I've forgotten. Spaceship, it's a hovercraft. Whatever hovercraft, yeah. Whatever. I'm sorry. You can't take that shit into outer space. No, you can't. You're right. It's a hovercraft. <laughs> yeah, it's a hovercraft. <laughs> so you, you can't drive your car to outer space. <laughs> you can't take a boat into outer space. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a conveyance, an you're earthbound right. conveyance. You're right. You're right. It's a hovercraft. He said ship, like, and then yes, yeah, a ship. Yeah, but yeah, yes, yeah. hovercraft. I mean, it floats, but you know, so does a boat. Yeah. So yeah, I'd forgotten it. Like the, I mean, spoilers, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, like the the betrayal, I'd forgotten about all of oh, that. From uh, Billy Pants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Joey, 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 Joey Pants. Pants yeah. Joey Pantoliano. Um, yeah, so it was really cool watching it again because I was, you know, and I was whenever we watch a rated R movie, I spend like at least the first. 45 minutes, like extremely anxious about what's going to happen next. Whether you're going to see a nipple? But just like whether it's going to be something <laughs> yeah. that's weird or scary for the kids or whatever. I think it yeah. felt a little scary at first. Where like his mouth is oh, you know, like weird sort of body horror thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, if you're considering watching The Matrix uh, with with under R-rated age children, uh, you should go ahead and do it because it's actually totally, totally fine. Yeah, our youngest uh, just kids. turned 12 and it was yeah. A-okay. Yeah, it was really yeah, fine. It, it's, a, it's a pretty soft R-rating, I think. Um, loads of guns. Loads of guns. Loads of guns. But you know, I mean, um, so does Marvel has loads of guns, right? There's loads of guns. Yeah, it's and, different. Yeah, it's a little bit more. You know. they, they do they do fetishize the guns, like the 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 slow mo shots of the empty shell casings clacking on the yeah. floor. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is very yeah. sort of stylized yeah. and cool looking. Like their costumes oh, yeah. are amazing. Yeah. I thought that it was going to end, and that the girl was going to say that she definitely wanted to dress up as Trinity for. 
Halloween. <laughs> she has so. not said oh, that okay. yet. I haven't no, suggested no, it, no. but right. I could see her like thinking that 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 would be a fun thing to do. Okay. But yeah, it does it does sort of fetish. I mean, and then maybe that's where that like uh, you know gun wielding psycho in the sort of trench coat idea comes from. Is it from the Matrix yep. or were people doing that before? They were doing that before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Trench coat mafia and Columbine. I don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But that, that that predates uh, the Matrix. It does. You're right. Yeah. Um, 99. So uh, continuing with our theme of nostalgia, I saw it at the time. Um, it was not the highest grossing science fiction film of uh, 1999. What was? I don't know. Star Wars Episode One: The uh, Phantom Menace. Right. A little thing called Star Wars. A little thing called it. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Star Wars made a shit ton of money. For all that people love to, and I, this is not a new comment that I'm making, but for all that people love to shit on that movie people couldn't tear themselves away from the theater. Um, it, it was like, because I, I remember watching it. I was like watching the, uh, the box office receipts like week after week. Uh, it, it was in the top 10 for months. Mm-hmm. People kept going back. Yeah. To I mean, I movie. remember when movies were yeah. in the theater for months, full stop, which is yeah. this, a, a fascinating thing that yeah. does not happen anymore. Yeah. yeah. Now it, it, it's fair to say, I think that the cultural impact of the matrix is heavier than star Wars phantom. Yeah. Star Wars episode one. Because Star Wars had already <laughs> changed right, the right, culture heart, yep, in '77, right. so to yeah. be fair, but uh, the Matrix was a big deal. Uh, it was a cool movie. It yeah. was a really cool movie, and um, I- I- impact was meaningful. We have this term "red pilling," mm-hmm. uh, which which comes from the film. And I can remember I was in '99. I was in Florida. I was working for a small startup where I was one of just a couple of actuaries. Mm-hmm. And a lot of programmers. So we had all of these tech people. And not this is like some pre-ish Silicon Valley. You know, the whole idea of like Silicon Valley and all of that, that was just starting. Mm-hmm. Like Amazon, I mean, I think Amazon started in like 95 or some shit like yeah. that. But it, it was, people were aware of it in about 99. Mm-hmm. Like that was like the first dot-com bubble. But it was pre like the programmers and, and some of the uh, annoying yeah. uh, like Elon Musk shit point being like these were nerds yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, these were my people these and i can remember seeing the matrix and it, it was it was like being in middle school again when i go <laughs> got back to work like the monday after it came out everybody's talking Everything, about this movie. right right ever and like how fucking cool it was and that was a, a, a uh, sort of a culturally resonant moment mm-hmm. i don't have loads of those yeah but i can remember that happening um I, I think I'd mentioned this on Friday. One of the reasons why it was cool, everybody has a cell phone. <laughs> right. They're ubiquitous now. Oh, the smartphones, yeah. everything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But like, like notice the phones that they have there, like the, the Does, cool, yeah, like they're, yeah. they're practically the flip phones. Right. But they're kind of futurified. That was yeah. fucking state of the art. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind the fact that nobody on that thing has a flat screen monitor. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, <laughs> As we yeah. look into the future. But uh, it, it, it was very, very forward yeah, looking they have a very sort of in, steampunk in steampunk future yeah 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 uh in one of these days i'm going to get to the bottom of like the hong kong action and wuxia uh kind of forebears for the matrix like mm. wire foo and all of that um i have no idea what you're talking about are those the movies matrix, matrix heavily influenced by asian film oh okay uh i mean like john woo is, is really the only uh director that i can name there but but he has films only a couple of which i've seen that have that kind of slick cool stylized Mm -hmm. violence um i mean 
like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which came out after The Matrix, I think. That's another one. So, like, wire foo is is the way that we describe that action. Oh, right. Gotcha. Where there's, like, floating and, and there's the yeah. anti-gravity shit. Uh, that's been a part of, you know, Chinese and Hong Kong cinema for a long time. Right. <laughs> so, one of these days, I'm going to get to the bottom of that. I, I do want to throw that out there because, yeah, The Matrix was culturally uh, impactful. It drew heavily from, <laughs> from, sure. from non-U.S. Yeah. sources that, that, we, that we should uh, definitely mention. Yeah. I do have to say, having said that the, that it's totally appropriate for, for children, I, certainly the boy like didn't think that it was as cool as I thought he was going to. I think he was yeah. mostly just confused by it. Like, I think he didn't understand a lot of what he just... Well, in terms of age appropriateness... I, yeah, I mean, it's appropriate, but it's like... Yeah, I, I think confused. it was a little bit less engaging for him than I expected it to be. I'm not Could sure be. about her. I haven't really talked about it with her. It's the kind of thing where he... And we, we chatted about it a little bit. And I said, it's it's basically like Tron. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he said, oh, okay. And, and there was and another that, movie that, we compared it to. Um, uh, Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very similar to Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, and, and it could be that having seen Ready Player One, he was spoiled for The Matrix. Right, it wasn't which was Because when I saw Ready Player One, I said, I like this movie much better when it was called The Matrix. <laughs> you did say that. Yeah. Uh, yep. Also similar to Avatar, and we can, mm-hmm. we can mention that uh, as well. But um could be that years from now, maybe not, you know, a couple of years from now. He'll watch it again. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and, and I got to check in with her. Well, all that she said was it was not as good as Die Hard. <laughs> She didn't think that Keanu Reeves was handsome when he was bald. That too, yeah. yeah. She thought that he was really creepy looking when he was bald. Saying that a movie is not as good as Die Hard, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that she really the loves fact Die that Hard. You are, well, she really loves Die Hard, yeah. but also the fact that you are elevating it to that comparison. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, she for really, me, really loves Die Hard. I, I can't remember. Um, it's at least as good as Time Bandits. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so, so, so uh, that was good from that standpoint. Um, yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. I was worried about the, whether it would be too violent or too scary or there would be like weird sex stuff, but there wasn't any of those things except yeah. for the sort of fetishization of the violence, which there definitely was, but. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For a mature child, if you. Yeah. yeah we can't have nice things. And I, I don't want to talk about, uh, gun culture and, and gun violence and yeah. mass shootings other than to say, other than to say nothing. Yeah, let's not say Just, anything. I'm not going to. Yeah, there's not anything. I mean, there's a lot of things to say, but actually nothing. All right. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? I saw Avatar last night. Oh, that's right. You saw Avatar. Uh, not not the not the sequel, which is what I thought. I was like, was it? <laughs> I said to the son, is it better or worse than the first one? He was like, mom, it was the first right, one. Right, right. Uh, just not paying attention. Yeah, Avatar was uh, re-released. I ne- we never saw that in the theater. Yeah. And I can tell you that watching it in 3D is a completely different experience. In a good way or in a bad way? Oh, 100% in a good way. Yeah. I spent the first, like, 45 minutes of this movie thinking, holy shit, this is groundbreaking and amazing. And uh, I kind of get it now. This is James Cameron, say what you will about the guy, he is as important to filmmaking as, like, the Lumiere brothers <laughs> or uh, D.W. Griffith or, or you know, name Harryhausen. Name virtually any technical innovator. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in in cinema, and you must now mention James Cameron. Did it come out in 3D when it first came yes. out? Yes, it did. Okay. And that I think is a large part of its success. The 3D was absolutely astonishing. Yeah, hmm. was it in the IMAX theater there, or no. just in a regular theater? Regular theater. Oh, good. Okay, because yeah. the IMAX theater sucks. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was really fantastic. Now that understood, um, after like two hours, the third and act 15 of that minutes, movie is too long. Yeah, yeah, like like the the spell was broken yeah. a little bit. But uh, there were a couple of moments there where I have that just fully immersed feeling mm-hmm. that I get hmm. with really good sci-fi. Mm-hmm. The kind of the kind of thought that I have in my the, the kind of mental and emotional state that I had like like when I was a kid first being right. exposed to some stuff like really Star cool Wars stuff, yeah. and things like that. So yeah, it well, was, good. I'm, yeah, yeah, it was really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I got the chance to do that. Good. I mostly talked about it with the boy because he was downstairs when I he stayed downstairs yeah. with me and you went to bed. So I actually realized now I had not had a chance to talk about it with you in yeah. all of our Costco travels this morning. Mm, Costco. Yep. Cool. Uh, well, good. I'm glad that you guys, that was a great idea for a thing to do. With yeah, him. it worked out very well, yeah. I think. He Although, enjoyed it too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say nothing else about Avatar. James Cameron has not made that many movies. Oh, I know. You know what's crazy? Because I got into Rotten Tomatoes and it's like, like James Cameron, because like, he's one of these directors that you can see all of his movies. There's really no reason not to see all mm-hmm. of his movies. Um, cause he's got like 10 of them. Not that many. Mm-hmm. It's not like Woody Allen. He's got like fucking 50 movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he writes a lot and y- you forget when, when I see Avatar, I think like, oh, you know, he's a kind of a second rate writer and I- I'm not saying like he's David Mamet, uh, necessarily, but he writes a lot and he's written about as much as he's directed. Hmm, like books, you mean? No, no. Uh, screenplays. Oh, screenplays. screenplays yeah. yeah. Uh, he he did the screenplay for he did the screenplay for Titanic, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 the screenplay for like Terminator. You know what he was a co-writer on? What? Fucking Rambo. Huh. <laughs> I had no idea. I looked at uh, Rambo writer. What the fuck? And like, <laughs> but probably he did like script doctoring or something like that. But like, click on the things. Like, it's it's like him and Sylvester Stallone and some other dude. Wrote Rambo, yeah, huh. and it, it, it's Hollywood, so like, there's going to be other people who are like uncredited, Involved, right? probably. Yeah. But I'm looking at that, and I'm like, he probably had. And, and when you think about it, if you compare like Rambo to Avatar, there, there are there are some similarities. Okay, like in, what? Um, and I'm going to say uh, similarities. Both of them will use kind of well-worn tropes. Okay. There is a heavily militarized bureaucracy that needs to be circumvented sure. by okay. independent people. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 right. Um, and that happens in Aliens as well. Right. Stuff like that. Um, there is, I, I think, a um, a respect for and an admiration for military culture, if not necessarily all of their activities, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, which is similar to, to, to the first point. But... Uh, yeah, you, you look at that and you can think, actually, I'm prepared to believe yeah. that the the same person wrote that Avatar, Rambo. Aliens, yeah. Terminator, yeah. Terminator right. and, and Rambo, right. <laughs> all of those, all of those but then, films. Yeah, but then Titanic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Titanic, this, this, uh, this incredibly, uh, not incredibly, uh, I, I don't find it super romantic, but, but whatever, yeah. um, you know, I'm. 
I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more beast than man at this point. <laughs> more machine than man. Yeah. Just like the Terminator. All, All right, right. Final, final comments. What, what is your final comment? Final comment. Um, Jeebus, I don't have a final comment. Your final, final comment, comment is Jeebus. Final comment is, uh, is, is that it was fun to watch The Matrix, and I'm glad that we did. Cool. Despite my reservations. All right. And the uh, now the, the open question is whether we see the next three matrices. Matrices. Yeah. yeah the matrices. It, did, it did end in a very open-ended way, so yeah. Oh, well, what I need to work on for next month is to come up with, and there's no way that I can make this funny. Okay. Come up with a sci-fi movie called The Linear Algebra. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa. 